Welcome to Expositional Excerpts. I'm your host, Matthew Pilch. I pastor Grace Fellowship Baptist Church in Port St. Lucie, Florida. Let's dive into the Word. In today's episode, we will begin looking at Ephesians 2.7, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. If we get any further, then we'll read to the next uh, scripture as well. We uh, are looking today at uh, this idea of God delighting to put his riches on display. That's the idea that we're going to look at, that God delights to put his riches on display. And as we get into this discussion, I want to ask the question, uh, what does God count as valuable. This word rich here is used as an adjective to describe his mercy back in verse four. And it, it has an, a temporal earthly meaning. Uh, this, this word that's translated as rich means having an abundance of earthly possessions that exceeds the normal experience. It's a good working definition for the type of riches that, that we have noted already, right? But with reference to God, Uh, It cannot be limited to earthly possessions. So when we look at God's riches, it's got to go beyond that. It uh, looks at a secondary definition then, and that is to be plentifully supplied with something to abound in. And, and we've really talked about that before. When we talked about he is riches, according to the, his riches and mercy, we are talking about the fact that he has an infinite supply Uh, So the plentiful supply with regard to God is infinite. He has an infinite supply. So now we are going to shift this, and instead of talking about his riches and mercy, we're now going to be talking about uh, his supply of grace, riches of grace. And so we're saying here that God delights to put his riches on display. And before we even get to grace and those type of things, I want us to first consider this, the time of the display. If God delights to put his riches on display, the question that we're addressing now is, when does he like to do that? At what time period and what time in history is God putting his riches on display? Well, he says here in the coming ages, so that in the coming ages, and that leads us to two considerations. First, we have the present age. Do we see his grace right now? Well, yes. So it has to include this present age. And the present age that we live in is the time and the age of the church. Now, the church, uh, by most conservative evangelical scholars, has been defined uh, this way. It is that group of individuals who are saved from the time of Pentecost until the rapture. Okay, so the time of Pentecost, a very definite start. Jesus says he would build his church. He said that to his disciples. It had not started at the time that he was in his earthly ministry. It started after the resurrection, after the ascension. And then when it did come at Pentecost, we are still in the church age. And then that age is going to end, we believe. Okay. I know that not everybody believes that. That's maybe a discourse for another day or maybe another podcast. Uh, But right now, I I just want to take it into that vein of consideration. So we see riches on display right now in the church age. 
But then it's not just this present age, it's the coming ages. And again, I'm going to tip my hand here a little bit. And I'm going to say that I believe that there are multiple ages to come. And now I understand that maybe some people who listen to this podcast are going to have a little bit of a different view on eschatology. That's the study of end times. I mean, uh, you know, and we all have different opinions on those things. There are, uh, there's a group, uh, there's a school of thought that says that now, uh, you know, there are two schools of thought that basically say that the church age just leads into the eternal state. God will come and, and judge all things. And then, and then we enter into the eternal state. And this is one of those tiny tucked away verses that actually uh, counters that. It, it offers a, a different perspective because he, he literally says coming ages, plural. And so if we say uh, there's an age after the church and the only thing that's after the church is the eternal state, then, then we have an issue textually here. Okay. The church age is singular. And the word here in the text is plural ages. That means that there's not only this age, but there are ages hereafter. And we could parse those ages that follow the church this way, that we have the age uh, of, or the time of God's judgment. Uh, We, I believe in a literal seven year period of God's tribulation on the earth a time where he will bring everything uh, right. And and I don't just believe that he's going to do that at the great white throne, Revelation 20. I believe that there's going to be a time of judgment on the earth because the scriptures say that. I don't, I don't just write that all off as some allegory. Okay, so will his riches of grace be on display during the tribulation? Absolutely. Um, as I'm recording this, in our church, we're going through the book of Revelation. We're deep into it, Revelation chapter 14, at the time that I'm recording this, and we have seen God's grace absolutely poured out during the time of tribulation. People are getting saved. Uh, the gospel is being proclaimed. There is grace there. So there is grace, and his, his, the riches of his grace is on display then. And then we also believe that there's another age following the tribulation, and that's what the Bible calls the, the kingdom, the millennial kingdom. Again, I don't believe that that is spiritualized or allegorized in any way. I believe that, and that's a discussion for another time. Maybe one day we'll, we'll journey through the book of Revelation in this podcast, and we can parse that uh, more. But... That means that will his riches be on display during the millennial kingdom? Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. And then there's the final age, which is the age without end. And even there uh, in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And that leads us back to our text. In the coming ages, he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. Um, And and again, we say that this is in heavenly places. That's verse 6. In Christ Jesus. So it actually subsumes all of it. It deals with the plurality that is present in the text, 
uh, the plural nature of ages to come, saying that there are multiple ages beyond the church age, and that helps us deal with that. So very good discussion there to talk about the time of the display. God is rich in his grace now. He will be riches. He will have an infinite supply of grace to pour out, even as he pours out his judgment for sin on the world. And again, during the time of the millennium and in the eternal state while we are there in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. Incredible, incredible. So that's the time of the display of God's riches as he delights to put his riches on display. Secondly, let's look at the nature of the display, and that's probably all that we'll have time for uh, today for this episode. It says in the text that he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus, the nature of the display of his riches. Well, this nature is tied to our new life with Christ. If you want to see the riches of God's grace on display, then you have to look at what it is to have new life in Christ. So we're getting into new life. And this is really what this section is talking about, this whole chapter, right? We were dead in our trespasses and sins. We have been made alive uh, in Jesus Christ. And so we only have life in Christ. And if you want to see God's riches on display, you're not going to see it. You can see the incredible handiwork of God everywhere. So, so don't take away from that, right? I'm not trying to diminish that. I'm not trying to take away from Psalm 19, the heavens declare the glory of God, and you look around and you see God's th- fingerprint on everything. That's great, yes. But if you want to see his riches of his grace, you're not going to see his grace on display out in nature. Uh, you're going to see the majesty of Uh, of God. You're going to see his infinite creativity. You're going to see his power that he holds all things together. You're going to see all of that, but you want to see grace? You're going to see it as you see a sinner saved from sin and granted eternal life. And the only way that that's possible is with Christ Jesus. In the coming ages, he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. That's where it is tied. So the nature of the display is tied with new life in Christ. Secondly, it is the fullest demonstration of his riches, of grace. It's tied to the one verb and only verb in the sentence uh, to direct uh, this idea is to direct uh, our attention to or to cause something to be known, to show or to demonstrate, right? So that he might show, that's the verb right there, he might demonstrate, he might direct our attention to What is he trying to direct our attention to? Christ. It's the fullest demonstration. That's what he wants us to see even as believers now in this age is to recognize that in ages to come, it will all always just be about Christ. And that's not a bad thing. Uh, We say that before Christ was revealed, this is the mystery that Paul talks about. Uh, they didn't understand the suffering servant. They didn't understand God's plan for the church. They didn't understand any of those things, but it was always salvation by faith and in the revelation of God's promise. We understand that. And then we finally see it all fulfilled in Jesus Christ. And now in this age, we look back to the cross. We look back to Christ and his work at Calvary. 
And in the ages to come, it will always be about Christ. What is the message that's being preached during the tribulation? It's that Christ Jesus died for sinners and that you can have salvation by faith in him, that he can take your sins and wash them away. And he can take the wrath of God for your sin upon himself. That is incredible. It points back to Christ. And in the, in the millennial kingdom, it points back to Christ. And in the eternity future, it will point back to Christ. Everything shows us that the fullest demonstration of his riches is found and, uh, and contained in Jesus Christ. Okay, so that's the second time that this word riches appears in this pericope of verses 1 to 10 of Ephesians chapter 2. So there's a larger section there. And so we, we saw it back in uh, verse 4. And um, we see it's the fourth time in this letter. You know, the first two are chapter 1, verse 7, according to the riches of his grace, and 1, verse 18, the riches of his glorious inheritance. Then we saw it earlier in, like I said, verse 4 of this chapter. So we're talking about God's riches quite a lot here in the opening uh, verses and the opening chapters of Ephesians. And that leads us then to address this. It is characterized by his grace. We're talking about the nature of the display of God's riches. It's tied to new life in Christ. It's the fullest demonstration of his riches, but it is characterized by his grace, his grace toward us. This, this display of riches is characterized by grace. So what is grace? Uh, grace in kindness. It's a recurring theme, which comes to the topic of salvation. And, and so it should be. We talk about mercy as the withholding of something that we deserve. Uh, we know that when we have committed a crime, we are in deserve, we deserve punishment for that, but no one deserves to have something good happen to them that they didn't earn or anything like that. Right. Uh, and that's the point. That's what grace is. So Grace is a common theme that comes up with the topic of salvation, and, and, and we'll get to that a little bit more. But right now, let's consider the fact that he's putting on display the riches of his grace. It's something that God is plentifully supplied with, as we just mentioned, and his grace is overflowing. It's the impartation of kindness. When the world thinks of God, they often have a false notion that God is some kind of heavenly tyrant, or some immature Christians suppose that he was somehow different in the Old Testament, uh, like, uh, like that, like a tyrant, and then he transformed into something kind and benevolent in the New Testament. But we remember from Hebrews 13, verse 8, that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And, and what he is through this verse is kind. Uh, that's something that we should see here. Uh, this display, this nature of this display is characterized by grace and it is a kindness to us. The riches of his grace in kindness uh, it is something that is gentle. It is beautiful. This word kind is defined as a quality of being helpful or beneficial. It's goodness. It's kindness, generosity. He's helping us. <laughs> of course he's helping us. He doesn't just leave us wallowing in our sin, doomed to an eternal uh, eternal torment because we have sinned against his infinite holiness. He has provided a way of escape and he has done so at an infinite cost. I mean, uh, the one person, you know, people often say, why do good things happen to bad? Uh, why, why do bad things, sorry, happen to good people? And R.C. Sproul 
you know, pithily responded to that query by saying, uh, that only happened once and, and that was Jesus Christ. And, and we are the beneficiaries of it. The only bad thing that's ever happened to a truly good person happened to Jesus Christ. There are no truly good people in this world. You're not a truly good person and neither am I. Uh, but, but when God does something for us, uh, it is an act of kindness. And so he has provided the way of escape. Uh, the last thing that we want to talk about here under this nature of the display, it's not just tied to the new life in Christ. It's the fullest demonstration of his riches is characterized by grace. But we see that lastly, his grace is demonstrated to us in Christ Jesus. And I think we've already kind of talked about that, but it's a good way for us to think about this that everything here ties in to Jesus Christ. It's not just God's generic goodness and generic kindness and that God is this way and, uh, and that can happen apart from Christ. A lot of religions in the world will talk about God happily apart from Christ. And the point is that you cannot talk about God's goodness. You cannot talk about eternal life. You can't talk about forgiveness of sin. You can't talk about any of that apart from Jesus Christ. You can't say, well, Jesus is too controversial. I want to leave him out of the topic, and I just want to talk to people about God and his love. No, it has to include Jesus. And, and so it says here, right, the, the immeasurable riches of his grace, you can't measure it in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. It is absolutely tied to Jesus Christ, the second person of the Godhead, the eternal Son of God. I think we'll leave this episode there for the time being, and we'll pick it up in our next episode as we continue to examine the idea that God delights to put forth his riches on display, not only the time of the display and the nature as we've seen today, but we'll go on to look at the means of becoming that display. And that's going to be a wonderful discussion, but we'll pick that up next time. This has been another podcast of Expositional Excerpts with Pastor Matthew Pilch. If you'd like more information, please visit our church website at gfbc.net.